0: Yeah, but I don't typically, like if I have Skittles in my pocket, <clears throat> you know, because I just walk around with Skittles in my pocket.
1: In the package in the pocket, just to yeah. clarify. He's not dumping Skittles <laughs> in his pocket. <laughs> in the package in my pocket. Hey, welcome to the show. We're two brothers. Talk about candy. I'm Lyndon. And I'm Layton, And, and this, this is Hard Crack what's new with you oh not too much i heard you got a I i heard i heard you got offered to interview with tesla yeah
0: yeah that finally made it up there
1: well no i've known for a couple days i just hadn't mentioned it i figured i was i was saving i was saving it for the podcast
0: yeah i haven't <laughs> uh, i haven't done the interview yet but is it scheduled or no i gotta email them back and set up an uh, interview.
1: Yeah. So how did that happen? Did they just like cold email you like hey, would you like to interview? Yeah, most likely they found out about my
0: full hybrid certification. Yeah. Or full electric. I had hybrid before, but now I'm fully electric certified. So, they probably saw that and
1: uh, reached out. So how does working for Tesla how would that work? Because, like, they're not, like, a normal car dealership. Do they just have, like, a shop somewhere? Yeah, they have repair shops. Yeah, I figured, but...
0: Um, you're a salary employee. Hmm. Basically, um, multiple people work on one car at a time. So it's like a...
1: You bring your car in and a whole team of techs just go over it and... Yep. I mean,
0: that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's, like, production goals and stuff. You can't just sit
1: around on your butt. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Salary is always nice. Yeah. The drive would suck, though. I mean, doesn't your drive currently suck?
0: It's long, but it's not really in traffic. I'd be going up to Roswell, so I'd have to take 78 to 285.
1: Oh. Yeah. It just shows you don't pay attention when someone says where it is, because they were saying it was on the other side of Atlanta. And That's not, no, not the other side of Atlanta from where you're currently working. It's just further. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. Roswell is uh, where Pymetric is. Yep. I've done that drive a couple times. Mm-hmm. From my place. From exactly, from your house. Yeah.
0: I was When like, you were s- working up there.
1: That was six years ago, though, so.
0: Yep. Well, traffic hasn't changed. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's probably just gotten worse. <laughs> probably.
0: Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. That's pretty cool, though. But I've been messing with my 3D printer a lot. Saw that. Saw your little little pill bug thing. Yeah, my slug. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Buddy of mine bought a printer and uh so he's been messaging me all kinds of questions and I'm like Oh. Started stirring the knowledge again, so I'm like, man, eh, I might as well get this thing up and running. Now I got an Amazon shopping list full of mods I wanna do <laughs> for it and it's like, oh
1: jeez. <laughs> when the rabbit hole has begun. The new old hobby rabbit hole?
0: Yeah, the rabbit hole has reopened. I buried it for a little while.
1: I always tell people that you're the type of person that you can just go from hobby to hobby. But you tend to like hang on to the knowledge and all the stuff and the skills you gain. Yeah. This might be the first time you've gone back to one, though. In yeah. a while.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since I've migrated back to a hobby. But the thing with the 3D printing is it's kind of like a set it and forget it type thing. Yeah. So... It doesn't take a whole lot of time unless you start getting into modeling and yeah. like perfecting the craft of getting quality prints.
1: Kind of like that Rafa Grissetti does with his 3D models that he does. Yeah. He spends a lot of time getting the models correct to 3D print, high quality versions of them.
0: I've got a knock to a fan coming for it. Nice. Um, I'm going to order some Z braces, get a new machined bed plate get a new um glass print bed just do some stuff to make it higher quality than it is but minor improvements yeah all in all i think it'll be about a 100 bucks and i'll be printing pretty decent nice not that my prints now are bad but
1: no but you can always improve (laughs) yep it's fun
0: But, like I said, you just kind of set it and forget it. Yeah. The slugs take, uh, those were 16-hour prints. Oh, really? Wow. Put it it going and walk away.
1: Yeah. Go find something else to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, watch it for the first 10 minutes, make sure everything's going smooth, and then just kind of let it do its thing. Go to sleep. Yeah. So it's a nice hobby that can be done in the background of a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, a lot of people make, like, D&D miniatures and stuff with them. They'll be like, hey, we need a bunch of orcs for our campaign. Let's go 3D print some. Go find some free models or something and then whip them out and be like, here we go. Here's some orcs. Yep. Or whatever. I'm sure you
0: could even pull pull the uh, files out of like WoW and stuff.
1: Oh yeah, people do that all the time. There's actually a company that um, you can submit like your WoW armory. They have a tool. Um, basically, you upload your WoW armory and it pulls your character's info. And then you can pose them using the in-game posing engine like other websites do this too and then you can basically pick what pose you want and they will 3d print it for you there you go like a high quality one yeah and then they'll send it to you yeah it's pretty cool
0: if i continue on this road i'll probably get a uh, resin printer at some point
1: nice pretty sure rafa grissetti only does resin prints but he's also like he's like insane high quality artwork he's the art director for sony
0: yeah, resin resin printers are much higher quality. Um and then I, I eventually want to get a glowforge.
1: I saw I've I've seen ads for those quite a bit. They're yeah. They're cool, but I'm just like, what would I use that for? It's
0: one of those things that's like my 3D printer. It's like I don't use it all the time, but when you do find a need for it, it's really hard to replace it. Yeah. Like for instance.
1: Yeah. Oh, you got it printed. Nice. Yeah. How do you like in the design that you came up with? Does it work pretty good? Or do you have to tweak it or Yeah,
0: it's awesome. I had to tweak it a little bit because of where the cord comes out.
1: I was I was noticing that from your what you were showing before.
0: It's a little it was a little um too short, so I had to cut it with a razor blade and then put a notch for the cable at top. Yeah. And then I don't have a way of getting it out without like banging it. So I put like a notch right here where you can just get like a pop it out yeah knife or something under it and pop it out
1: we're talking about his stream deck for those of us who cannot see it yeah my stream deck (laughs) he's put a case he built a case for it so it can stand upright on his desk
0: yes because the factory one's kind of garbage
1: speaking of ordering things though yeah you know what i snagged today what did you snag today i'll give you two guesses Mm, we
0: were talking about graphics cards, but I doubt you snagged one of those. No,
1: no, it's not a graphics card. Okay, it's close though.
0: PlayStation Five.
1: Yep. Yeah, you snagged uh, one. I snagged one today. Nice. Yeah, from Sony. From Sony directly.
0: Yep, you've been eyeballing those, keeping an eye on stocks. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Oh, I mean, I've like, I've like semi-seriously kept an eye on stock. I've never actually tried to buy one until today, and then I got one. <laughs> Nice. I never like went in and was like, I need to get one, I need to get one. Oh man, I'm disappointed. But, like the today I was like, I'll try it. And I got it. I had I had five browsers open <laughs> on three different devices and <laughs> Well the way it works is they send out the Sony direct and say, Hey, we have PS5s in stock. Yeah. And what they do is they give you this link. And the link gets sent to random PlayStation Network members. But the link works for anyone. Yeah. They just don't blast it to all PlayStation members because they're not trying to flood it from the start they know it's going to get out there. So what you do is you follow certain people that will like, they have like a bunch of like resources for it and they like throw the links up on Twitter and stuff. And what it does is it puts you in a waiting room and what the waiting room is, it's got this countdown It says, okay, stock becomes available at X time. And as soon as the stock becomes available, you get stuck in a queue. Yeah. And then where you, what the queue is completely random. It does not matter where you wait. You could literally have to come up with like 50 seconds left on the countdown and you'll where your position in the queue is, is random. They take everyone in the waiting room and put them in a random queue.
0: Kind of like a lottery.
1: Yeah. So I had five different devices or five different channels into the waiting room and I could have done more, but I didn't. I had three different browsers on my computer and then I had my phone and my t- iPad and my iPad one got lucky Cause like once the queue starts, it's like estimated wait time is over an hour because thousands of people are trying to buy it. But then like my iPad was like they all said that initially, and then my iPad was like estimated wait time four minutes. I was like, oh, (laughs) got on. Then you have to log into PlayStation Network, prove you're a person. Yeah, prove you're a PlayStation Network member because you can't buy. You're buying directly from Sony. You need to have a Sony account and all that, and then you sign in, and then you put it in your cart and you buy it, and They double check that your address has not had a PS5 sent to it before. Yep. And you're good to go because there's one limit per household that they just check your address for that. But I got one. Nice. I just got the discless one and an extra controller and I'm just going to upgrade Ghost of Tsushima to it for 10 bucks and keep playing Ghost of Tsushima with better graphics. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But it's cool because like Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West is supposed to come out in a couple, like a month or two. So that's why I've been really kind of looking for it. I was like, I want it on PS. I could get it on PS4, but I was like, I want it on PS5. Yeah. But the first time I actually tried and I got one.
0: <laughs> nice. Me and Liz have been playing uh, It Takes Two. Yeah. And uh, we're trying to decide what our next game's going to be.
1: Did, did you finish it or?
0: No, nah, we probably got maybe uh, one or two more days. Gotcha. So we're either going to do The Ascent or... Quake co-op, Quake co-op. Yeah, Quake on Steam is a split screen.
1: Ah, cool. I mean, that's my nostalgia. Yeah. Well, we've been talking for like twelve minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, welcome to our life updates where we talk about our hobbies. This is our new podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, tune in next week for Hard Crack.
1: Yeah, this hasn't been an aside on the the hobbies and daily adventures. <laughs> of Lenuna and Leighton Naho. So,
0: with that out of the way, welcome to the 18th episode of the Hard Crack Podcast, where we actually talk about candy, candy and not life updates. Yeah,
1: hey, we just we had a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah. And today we're going to be diving into Mentos.
1: The chewy mint. That's what it says. <gasps>
0: Did you go to Buford? No. Where'd you find those? The gas station right down the street had them. That gas station's magic. I need to go there. Yeah, they just they have the weirdest stuff sometimes. Didn't they have shock tarts? Yep. Yeah. I mean that's also like a tiny little gas station, so you, you know what they didn't have? Yeah, this was this was the what, what regular mentos? This was the seventy six, <laughs> like the tiny That's one. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They didn't have regular Mentos. <laughs> so I bought <laughs> five packs of Mentos, none of which are regular. So you don't even have a regular
1: Mentos to talk about. But to be fair, I've had regular Mentos a lot. Okay, I just have I just have two that I grabbed from Walmart. You have regular and and fruit. That's it. I didn't really look for anything other ones.
0: Yeah, I picked up the green apple. I also picked up the spearmint.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I have never had those. I want some spearmint Mentos. The strawberry,
0: the rain, the rainbow, uh, rainbow, which I'm assuming is the same as your fruit, just says it's rainbow.
1: This, it just says fruit. Say yes to life's sweet moments. Yes to fresh.
0: Yeah. And this has a picture of a strawberry, a watermelon, a cherry, an orange, a raspberry, a grape, and a pineapple. So.
1: Yours has more variety than mine. Mine just has pictures of strawberries, oranges, and lemons.
0: And then I picked up cinnamon.
1: I was wondering if one of those was cinnamon because I've never actually, I,
0: I, maybe I have had the cinnamon cinnamon ones. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Mentos. The chewy mint. Mentos, the chewy mint. This
1: is actually like a European
0: style mint. We might as well get into the history then.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it actually goes back further than we thought, but not yes. Mentos themselves, but where they come from.
0: Yeah, so Mentos were founded by the Van Mel company in the Netherlands.
1: Van Mel is a family company. It's like their last name is Van Mel, which is probably some other Dutch pronunciation that we don't know how to say. So,
0: Isaac Van Mel opens a bakery in the Netherlands in 1841. Yep. Jump forward 41 years. His son. His son Abraham Van Mel. Abraham. Yep. Abraham takes over the bakery and says, "Bag bacon bread. We're making candy."
1: <laughs> Too much competition in the bread business. So
0: he he takes over the bakery and starts making candy. Yeah. So in the 1900s, Isaac Van Mel, the second one, not a junior, but the second one, Abraham's son, takes over the candy company and creates the Van Mel Confectionery Company. Yeah. And that's when the timeline of the Van Mel Company begins. Yep. So in 1932, two brothers, Michael and Pierre, sons of Isaac, the grandson of the founder, Isaac. You so, great this? grandchildren,
1: great grandchildren <laughs> of the original Van Vanell Esoc. Yep, son of the second Esoc.
0: <laughs> write trying, it down. Get it all as right. confusing
1: as possible. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, you gotta, you gotta do circles and lines, and we haven't even added perfetti <laughs> to it yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're on a train. Yep. I don't know where they're going. Doesn't really matter. They're going to Poland. I don't know why though. What's in Poland? A candy convention.
1: Kind of, they were going to learn how to make a different type of soft chew fruit chew candy.
0: Oh, I was right. They're going to a kind of candy convention or something. Yeah. All right, I was just a guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, they learned the procedures to produce something like fro fr- like some sort of soft fruit fruit chew candy, and they came up with this thing called Frutella. Which, if Frutella still exists, we should like go and make a comparison to like Mumbas and stuff.
0: So Michael and Pierre are on a train to Poland. To learn how to make this new thing. Yep. And while they're on the train, they make another new thing. Yep. One brother looks at the other brother and says, hey, I got a crazy idea. What's this crazy idea? Do you like caramel? Sure. Who doesn't like a good caramel? Imagine if a caramel was flavored like a mint. Wouldn't it just taste like caramel?
1: (laughs) No, it would be mint flavored. (laughs) And boom, <laughs> yeah.
0: the Mentos idea was born.
1: Yeah. And they ultimately, what they did is they took the I, the recipe they had for Frutella that they had just learned and figured out how to make a minty version of it.
0: Yeah. So they wanted a mint flavored caramel and the chewy mint Mentos was born. Yep. Right then and there on a train. they They conceptualized the whole idea before even making it. And they said, yep, we're going to make these.
1: And so they did. And ultimately, they reinvented Scotch mints.
0: (laughs) Ultimately, yes.
1: (laughs) For those who are not aware, there's a lot of different kinds of mints out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You can get the hard ones. You can get softer ones. You can get like butter mints. Butter mints are good. Which are amazing. Angela, like Lars and Angela, Mm -hmm. made some for their son's wedding. Oh, they were so good. And then Scotch mints, which is kind of what Mentos are. They're kind of like I have a harder shell but a soft inside and they're mint flavored. Yep. And Mentos is basically technically a scotch mint.
0: Yep. So they start rolling. And then, of course, like all great candy stories, World War II happens. Their production site gets destroyed. Lovely.
1: Yeah. Van Mill Braskens factory gets destroyed. <laughs> so they make a new one in Rotterdam.
0: Boom. They're back up and running again. Mm-hmm. And that was in 1950 after the war... They uh, started a new factory. And then in the 60s, the classic Mentos roll rolls out.
1: Roll. And they did the same thing with Frutella. They put them in rolls and they start. That's when they like kind of became really successful. The
0: Mentos you know now rolled onto the market. Yeah, so they put them in a roll. Except they wouldn't have been advertised
1: to you for like almost another 20 years.
0: No, no, they would not. But they did go into the roll. And then uh, they basically were selling. They started adding new flavors in the 70s. And then 1975, they hop on a plane, and fly across the Atlantic, and stake their flag in the U.S. soil somewhere in the state of Massachusetts, most likely Boston.
1: Was their flag just a big Mentos flag?
0: Yep. And the uh, U.S. sales office was born. Yeah. U.S. sales started in 1975. 1976, boom, they start hitting the screens with TV ads. TV ads. Just blasting Mentos into the brain of Americans.
1: And in the Dutch, too. They did it both. Like They hadn't really advertised in the Netherlands before then, either.
0: Yeah, and then in 78, they moved to Kentucky. Where they still are to this day. Yep. But they weren't doing so hot.
1: No. <laughs> not as a company.
0: They they could not get them to sell. Yeah. Just the product mentos was not doing well. So the guys over at the Van Mel Company call up a German marketing team and say, Hey, we need some really good commercials. And the fresh maker commercial brands are born. Now have you watched any of the Mentos Freshmaker commercials?
1: I, I think I have in the past, but I cannot remember them. They are
0: ridiculous. Are they just stupid? No, they're not stupid. Are they like Skittlespox stupid? Yeah, they're like getting up there with Skittlespox. <laughs> so they all have the same jingle. It's like this Mentos Fresh song. Yeah. And every single commercial has this premise. There is a person... Who is holding a roll of Mentos. Something bad happens to them. They pop in a Mentos. They overcome the bad situation. Okay, I do remember these. Yeah. And then the person that inflicted the bad situation on them looks back at them. They pop another Mentos in and they're like, oh, they're on Mentos. They're good. And then they just walk away. Like I do remember these now. One of the ads, this dude walks up to this ticket counter for a concert. And as soon as he walks up, the lady puts like a sold out sign on the window. And he's like, oh, man. So he takes out his roll of Mentos and pops one in and he looks over and there's roadies loading up. So he pulls a bandana out (laughs) of his pocket and ties it around his head and walks over and picks up a keyboard and starts walking into the concert. And the ticket booth lady looks back at him, like, glaring, like, what are you doing? He pulls out his Mentos again, pops one in, and then she gives him a thumbs up, and he walks into the concert, like.
1: (laughs) Here, if you have Mentos, you could break into a concert, and sure.
0: There was another one where these people are walking across the street, and this dude falls behind, and then a bunch of cars come into like, the stop sign, and this dude parks in the middle of the crosswalk. So this dude pulls out his pack of Mentos, pops one in his mouth opens the dude's car door and slides through his car. And it's like this nice luxury dude in a suit. And he like looks back at the guy like, what are you doing in my car? And he pulls out another Mentos and pops it in his mouth. And the guy's like, oh, okay, cool. And he gets out of the car and keeps walking. Oh. It's like, Yeah, what? got <laughs> it's like, <"What?"> it. <laughs> like, what? Carry
1: on, man.
0: And there's tons
1: of them <laughs> like this.
0: Every single time. It's the same exact plot line. And the whole time it's this Mentos jingle. Oh. Uh. That's it's amazing. Good, it's good. There's a YouTube compilation with like twenty commercials.
1: I'm gonna have to go find them. It's
0: like eight minutes long, and the jingle's
1: gonna be stuck in your head by the time you're done because it's I'm just the these same song the Freshmaker, <laughs> yeah,
0: Freshmaker.
1: Oh, it's funny. Well, I mean, isn't that the point of it? Isn't that the point of a jingle? Yeah,
0: I mean, it worked. It it definitely. It worked because Mentos sales after those '90s commercials came out. Speaking of jingles, maybe we should hire
1: someone to make a jingle.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, better be Fresh Maker status though.
1: That's what I mean. Like, make it like that. uh, Like, think about it. We're a candy podcast. We do have a song, but it's like we just you just kind of wrote it, and we just we were like, okay, good enough, sort of thing. Yeah. But like, imagine if we had like one of those ultra candy commercials, snappy, catchy jingles. There you go. Like I think it would be on brand.
0: Yeah. Well, it worked. Like I said, it worked. Their their sales went through the roof after the nineties the ad campaigns. This is where Perfetti comes in.
1: They are an Italian confectionery company. Started way way back in early nineteen hundreds. Uh 46. Yeah. By ninety one, they had acquired a significant portion of a stake in Van Mill. They had like thirty seven percent. And then in 2001, they bought the outstanding shares and acquired Van Mill Wholesale to become Perfetti Van Mell, which is, where, where do you, where do you know where they, they rank in the confectionery giants of the world? Mm, third. You are correct. Yeah. They're huge.
0: Yeah. Uh, airheads. Yep. What else do they got? Um, a cup of. Cup Chupa Chups Chupa Chups a lot of it's overseas though yeah yeah I do know they have airheads and and Chupa Chups which are the two big ones I know here
1: yeah for the most part they're overseas mostly Europe like Chupa Chups are very much a Spanish thing which I want to try one because it's like apparently a ridiculously good lollipop yeah I've had them yeah
0: but yeah if you look at the list of their stuff most of it is stuff we won't wouldn't really recognize yeah um fruit frutella frisk meller marbles clean philly folly
1: slow yeah non-stop (laughs) Spint.
0: smint but if you're in europe it's it's probably like a lot of stuff they recognize
1: a lot of those for europeans is probably a lot more brand recognition there than for us yeah for the most part mentos haven't changed they added all the, the different varieties of flavors which is kind of humorous in like Reverse. like, what if we make a minty fruit chewy thing? Yeah, mint flavored or caramel. And now they went go backwards and be like, well, what if you turn it into a gum? And okay, what if we make cinnamon ones and green apple ones and <laughs> fruit flavored ones? <laughs> yeah.
0: Once the mint was established in uh the '90s, once it really cemented, that's when they just started blasting the market.
1: Because like now it's not, oh, we need to sell our our Mentos mints. It's now we need to sell the Mentos brand. Yeah.
0: The varieties were coming in 73 as far as the Mentos themselves, like cinnamon and the fruit yeah. and all that. But like you said, once once Mentos really started selling, that's when the gum, uh, actual mints, and they just started branching out.
1: Yeah. Now it's the Mentos brand and not just the Mentos mint. is like a specific mint. Yep. Most people don't think Perfetti Van Mel when they think of Mentos. They think of the brand Mentos. Yep, Mentos. That's the power of branding. Yep. So that's mostly the history of it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much the history.
1: Yeah, so you want to take a break and then go nosh on some mints? Yeah, might as well. All right. So you have like a bajillion flavors there.
0: I have five flavors. One mint, the rest are fruits.
1: I have, I just technically four. Which one's technically not a flavor? I was saying I have two packages, but I technically have four flavors. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. yeah, yeah.
0: I have technically uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven flavors.
1: Wow, fancy you
0: if if all the ones on the fruit one are actually in the fruit one, I am familiar with the fruit mentos and the regular mentos. I have had the green apple once.
1: those are the ones I'm used to, and the green apple.
0: So, the cinnamon, the spearmint, and the strawberry are new, but I'm assuming the strawberry is going to be the same as in the strawberry mix.
1: It's is it just a roll. solid whole? Yeah. I am very curious about the spearmint Mentos, though, because I love spearmint gum.
0: Yeah, I am a spearmint over. Oh, I'm a spearmint or a winter mint.
1: I like both of them, but I love spearmint gum. Like, this is my go to right here. Yeah,
0: I usually get the rain, five rain.
1: I do like rain, which too. I think as a. It's like a winter mint.
0: Uh, it's a su- yeah. It's a sweet, sweet winter mint. So I'll try the spearmint. Yeah, it is green.
1: Good as it should be.
0: Not the classic white.
1: So you chew them right away, or do you let the let them get softer?
0: I um, I don't chew them right away. Yeah, I kind of have this habit of like smoothing out anything that's textured. <laughs> yeah, like when you put a Mentos in your mouth, it has like it's not gritty. But, like, your tongue's sensitive. You can tell that there's... It's not, like, glass.
1: You can tell it's not completely polished, flat, yeah. smooth, yeah.
0: M&M's are the same way. They have little speckles of, like, bits of grain on them. Peanut M&M's are the same. Skittles, Skittles. are like that. So I have a tendency to smooth candies in my mouth before. Like, the, um... The calphonies we did with the powder on them I have a habit of just, like sanding it with my tongue to make it smooth
1: first and then i'll chew it yeah so how was the how's the spearmint flavor wise
0: um it's very similar to mentos it's got the same texture uh it's just a spearmint flavor nice it it's been a while and i feel i don't have a regular one to compare to but i feel from memory that the spearmint is lingering a lot longer than a regular mentos
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if it's still lingering, probably because I don't think regular Mentos linger super long.
0: Yeah, the spearm- the spearmint's not bad. I don't know what you would consider a regular Mentos, just mint. Ah. Do you like cinnamon stuff?
1: It depends. I'm not like.
0: Yeah, we haven't really done anything cinnamon other than the Peeps had a cinnamon version, but I don't think you bought those.
1: I didn't have them because I couldn't find them. You had those.
0: Yeah. So you, I've never asked you whether you actually like cinnamon. And if I did back then, I don't remember.
1: Like, I like fireballs. And I like red hots. What about
0: hot tamales?
1: I like hot tamales. Yeah, red, hots. red hots. So you don't mind cinnamon? No. Red hots are fun. So are hot tamales. I also
0: like big red. Right off the bat. Yeah. I don't know if it's a byproduct of the spearmint. Or if it's the Mentos itself, but the cinnamon is not
1: very strong. Yeah. Oh, wait. The regular Mentos takes a little bit of time for the mint to really kick in.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling it's because of the, the wax coating. Yeah. Because now it's starting to kick like a real cinnamon, like candy. Yeah. Very similar to a hot tamale. Texture slightly different. Hot tamales are more of a gummy, you know, like they're sticky on the inside. Yeah. Mentos are chewy but they're not really sticky. It's like more of a powdery chew if that makes sense. It's kind of hard to yeah, like explain. If you break a Mentos open, yeah, it's more powdery. Yeah. More dry. But it's very similar to a hot tamale. They're not bad if you like cinnamon. I might I'd try them. Yeah, if you like cinnamon, they're definitely a a classic cinnamon flavored thing. Yeah. Those spearmints are good, though.
1: What about some of the fruit ones? Let's open up the whole roll of this bad boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. See what you got in there? Uh,
0: when you open yours, I'm assuming you just do, like, the classic squeeze? Yeah. I just pop one out. And pop it out the bottom? Yep. Okay. These are... Oh, that is neat. That is really neat. Oh, that's neat. So, on the Mentos package... Yep. Yep. Oh. Right? Yeah, okay. It's it's all in a line, right? From left to right, we have strawberry, watermelon, cherry, orange. Raspberry. Raspberry, grape, pine- pineapple.
1: Yeah. See, mine is not like that at all. That's the rainbow one. Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh. Ah. There's two of each flavor in order. So as you pop them out of the tube. It would match whatever flavors you're at. Depending on which end you start on, it matches wherever you are on the tube. that's cool. That is really cool. That is very cool. That is super cool. Um, Because, like I said, we were just talking about it. I feel bad because I ruined the wrapper now. But you end up just, like, popping one out the end and eating it. Yeah. And then uh, you probably do the same thing. You just kind of, like, twist up the top. Yep. And and you save the rest of them if you didn't eat them all. Yep. So if you did that on this package, as you work your way down and twist up the top, it kind of gives you a visual gauge. Along the tube of what flavor you're you're at. And what flavor is coming up. That is super cool. What's the green one in there? Watermelon? Uh, watermelon. Yeah. Strawberry, watermelon, cherry, orange, raspberry, grape, pineapple.
1: Yeah, because I just have strawberry, orange, and lemon. Because this is the fruit pack.
0: I grabbed a strawberry out of there, I think.
1: I made the strawberry one. These fruit ones, which you kind of already hinted at definitely have more of a waxy surface than the original Mentos does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good strawberry flavor, though.
0: Yeah, these strawberries are identical. Yeah. So the strawberry in the full strawberry tube is the same strawberry that's in the rainbow tube.
1: Which is probably safe to assume it's the same strawberry that's in the fruits tube.
0: Yes. Fruits is usually what I get. I usually don't get the rainbow. I saw the rainbow, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I, I am, like, genuinely... Genuinely impressed with that packaging style. Yeah. It probably takes more time to manufacture. Like, not not necessarily time, but it's more complex packaging.
1: Yeah. You can't just stick whatever comes out into the tube. It has to be in order.
0: Yeah, but I appreciate it. And now every time I see this rainbow tube, which literally has a rainbow of colors across it, I'm going to know and I'm going to appreciate it. It's That's really cool. Mm-hmm.
1: It's pretty good strawberry flavor. Nothing like amazing, but it's pretty yeah authentic, I'd say.
0: Well, we kind of hinted at it at Pop Rocks as well. Some candies are prided on their flavors. Yeah. Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. It's just, it's just a hard candy. There's nothing special about a Jolly Rancher other than... It's flavor. I feel like Mentos is going into the same category as Pop Rocks. They're not trying to be the most amazing strawberry candy
1: on the market. No, nope. They're just trying to add some variety for their vehicle.
0: They're adding some variety to their vehicle, which is already a unique thing. Yep. There's not a lot of stuff out there like Mentos with the hard shell and the chewier inside. Yeah. In
1: the tube packaging, the size of them. Like,
0: yeah. They're kind of a standalone item. And they're adding some flavors to, to appease other people. But that's not... I don't... I'm not speaking for them, but I don't believe that's their focus. Yeah. They want a good strawberry flavor, but they're not trying to be the best strawberry candy on the market. It's just a
1: vehicle. Mm-hmm. They're probably, they're, they're literally trying to get you the most appealing strawberry flavor they can get. In their unique delivery method. Whatever, yeah. Without compromising what makes a Mentos a Mentos. Yeah, which is the shape, the texture. I'm going to try this lemon one. I don't have lemon. It's been a long time since I had fruit Mentos, so. Can I get the wax off of them? There's the lemon flavor.
0: Yeah, it's that carnauba wax that they pan it in that kind of seals the flavor mm-hmm. in at the beginning.
1: I like this lemon. Very mild, though.
0: Yeah. So far, all their flavors have been mild except for the cinnamon, but cinnamon's never been a mild
1: flavor. That's not the point of a cinnamon-flavored candy.
0: Yeah. And the spearmint's not mild, but spearmint is banging, if you like spearmint. Over winter mint. Over regular
1: mint. Isn't winter mint just regular mint? Amanda would know this. She would just grow a bunch of mint.
0: Peppermint. Spearmint. Wild mint. Apple mint. Water mint. <laughs> menthol. <laughs> penny royal. Chocolate mint. You ever had chocolate mint?
1: As in like not just mint chocolate?
0: No, the actual plant. No. Yeah, there's a mint plant that tastes like chocolate and mint.
1: Well, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So... Do you want to keep trying different flavors, or do you want to rate these things? Rate these things? Yeah.
0: Mentos. Buy it, eat it, trash it.
1: I'm buying it. Yeah? I always, I, I always enjoy Mentos. Um, if I can find those spearmint ones, I'm definitely going to try those, because I love the spearmint flavor. Yeah. It's not something I buy all the time, but if I want something mint, then it's not gum, because I get almost all gum I eat, chew is mint. Yep. But if I want something that's a mint, I'll almost always get Mentos. If I'm going for mint,
0: Mentos is not my um my go to. No. Mint go to for me is junior
1: mints. That makes sense. Yeah. I also like I, I like New York. I like peppermint pat York peppermint patties too. Yep. But these I feel are more convenient because of the tube.
0: Yeah, and they don't melt. They're not chocolate based.
1: More often than not, when I buy Mentos is when I'm road tripping.
0: Yeah. So with that being said, if I'm going for mint, I usually don't buy Mentos. Yeah. But when I do go for Mentos, I usually get the fruit flavors.
1: So it's not mint that you're going for in the first place. Yeah.
0: Um, but I do not discriminate against mint Mentos.
1: Yeah, you're not. Okay.
0: I have bought them in the past. Most likely will buy them more in the future. But I typically lean towards the fruit flavors. Yeah. Not because of the fruit flavors themselves. They're not like, like I said earlier, they're not standout flavors, but I like the vehicle. Uh, The convenience of the tube. Um, We have them at work in the vending machine, so I'll buy them there. But it's nice because you can pop one out, take the rest of the tube, kind of close it up on itself. Whereas like if you get a bag of Skittles, it's open, it's open. Yeah. Skittles do have a tendency to melt. Yeah. They, They like
1: lose their color and... Mentos probably can melt, too, if you subject them to enough heat. But.
0: Yeah, but I don't typically, like, if I have Skittles in my pocket, <clears throat> you know, because I just walk around with Skittles in my pocket.
1: In the package, in the pocket, just to yeah. clarify. He's not dumping Skittles in his pocket. <laughs> in the package, in my pocket. But you you look inside
0: the package, and it's, like, bled the color all over the inside of the package. Yeah. I've never r- noticed that with Mentos. Yeah, that makes, yeah. And I've kept them in the pocket as well. Mm-hmm. so I feel like they're a little bit more heat-resilient, body heat-wise, so I like them. Uh, when it comes to mint, I will definitely look for the spearmint. I like spearmint a lot, and those are really good. Um, I like cinnamon, but I don't know if I would buy the cinnamon Mentos.
1: Over something like Red Hot's or Hot Tamales? Uh,
0: it, just in general. Ah, oh, okay. Cin- I like cinnamon, but cinnamon is not a buy-it for me.
1: Gotcha. Cinnamon's an eat-it for you? Yeah. I'm going to keep this in mind for future episodes and guess your answers to stuff.
0: Yeah. So if if you had a line of mentos and cinnamon was in the line, it wouldn't be my top choice at all. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um I would definitely go for one of the fruit flavors and then if they didn't have fruits, I would resort to the mints. Makes sense. But I I'm I'm bad with mentos. They don't typically last long.
1: Oh. Well, <laughs> normally when I buy a two of them, they're they're gone by like they don't, they don't last the road trip. I always, I always tell myself, oh, I'm going to be like, oh, they're going to last. No, they don't. Yeah. You
0: just, you just, just eat, eat one, one now and, and keep wait going. a little while.
1: That's the problem.
0: Yeah. So they do last a little bit longer, but they don't last, like, I don't have a pack of Mentos for a couple of days. Yeah. It's like a couple hour span at most. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same with
1: me. Unless it's like a, I had it at home and then I put him aside and then I forgot about him for a few days, then that might happen.
0: Oh, yeah. If you're sitting at your your desk or something and you had him and you walked away. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Out of sight, out of mind sort of thing, though.
0: I feel like that's probably similar for most things, though.
1: Yeah. Unless it's like a giant bag. And even then sometimes like I am actually legit amazed at myself.
0: You still, still have, have the coffee nuts? I still
1: nuts have ones. Yeah.
0: That I bought you, what, like yeah. two weeks ago, three weeks ago?
1: Yeah, like almost a month ago now, yeah. Yeah, mine were gone the next day. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying I'm actually surprised at myself. They're good, though. Those
0: coffee nut peanut m ms
1: I did polish off all Your of these Skittles? It's dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, one last thing to talk about with Mentos. Uh, Does it have to
0: do with... Explosions?
1: Why, Why? yes, it does.
0: Mentos and Coke? It
1: Technically, yes.
0: Mentos and carbonation?
1: Correct. So here's my question for you. Do you know what causes the reaction between mentos and soda? I feel like I know. Okay, what's your guess? What's your estimated handyman, linden, jack-of-all-trades sort of dude guess?
0: So, as I was saying before, our tongue is a very perceptive thing. Yes. When you put a mentos in your mouth, it is not smooth. Nope, it's not. If you looked at it under a microscope, it has little tiny cavities.
1: You're correct. Very tiny.
0: We're going we're going pop
1: rocks status. No, we're we're going smaller. We're going 1 to 3 microns. Tiny. Okay. <laughs> Tiny little
0: little pockets in this Mentos. And that agitates the carbonation and makes it release faster. Close. Close?
1: You're close. But it is the, the little holes in the Mentos. It is the little holes in the Mentos. So here's how it works. Okay. A lot of people think it's a chemical reaction. It's not. It's a physical reaction. It's like shaking a Coke. Pretty much. So here's the thing. Go take a Coke or any carbonated beverage. Could be a seltzer water. I don't care. Pour it into a glass. Mm -hmm. What happens? It fizzes up. It fizzes up. Okay. If you leave it in there for like, say, five minutes and let it settle, where are the bubbles? On the walls. Yes. Here's why. That is called nucleation. Okay. Nucleation. We're going to science class here, folks. We're going to science class. Yeah, welcome to science class. Specifically, thermodynamics. But we're not going to go down thermodynamics rabbit hole. Like that makes people quit engineering school. So, (laughs) but nucleation basically is a transition from one thermodynamic stage to another. Uh, ice to water. Ice to water to gas. Steam. Yeah. Nucleation. Nucleation is the initial beginnings of that. Like super cold water, for example. Cool stuff. It's a nucleation. You start a nucleation reaction. That's what causes the whole thing to freeze. You give it a nucleation event. Okay.
0: Uh, I know this is a side tangent, but this is one of those like random nuggets of information that is like stuck in my brain, and I feel like everybody needs to know it. Okay. What is it? Hit me with it. Super freezing water, right? Super cooled water. Super cooled water. So if nobody knows what that is, you basically cool water below the freezing point. Yes. If there's no impurities, there's nothing to start the nucleation to ice. So it doesn't actually freeze. So it doesn't actually freeze, but it is colder. But It doesn't create
1: ice crystals, to be specific. Yes,
0: but once you create a a point at which it can, it's going to instantly raise the temperature back to freezing, and you're going to pour out like a slushy of
1: ice, right? Technically, not even that. You do it correctly, you just immediately get a block of ice.
0: If you do it correctly, yes.
1: But the key is the key is pure water because impurities in the water are what ice crystals will form begin the nucleation will form on and then it spreads throughout the water. If you do it with pure water, you can just bang it on something and that randomly aligns some water molecules enough that they'll start a nucleation event. All right.
0: So now that we understand what supercooling water is. Yes. You know, those little heat pads. Yes. That have the little silver discs inside them. Yep. And you squeeze the disc and it instantly freezes, like turns into like a gel and heats up. And gets heat.
1: Yep. It gets hot.
0: That is the same exact thing as super cooling water. It is. So the, I don't know what the chemical is, but inside of those, those packs is a liquid that freezes Freezes at one hundred and forty degrees. Yep. So you boil it until it till it thaws. Yeah. <laughs> and then you let it cool down. And since it's super pure, it can super cool itself past its freezing point to room temperature. And mm-hmm. then as soon as you crack that disc,
1: it creates a nucleation event. That nucleation event, and
0: the way that the the nucleation happens, it has to bring the entire body of liquid up to its freezing point before it can cool back
1: down. Mm-hmm. So it goes to 140 degrees, which is why Instantly you get hot back. It it's so mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Science. Science. Continuing that. Back to Mentos. The reason when you pour a Coke or whatever into a glass, the bubbles form on the walls is because a carbonated beverage is just that. It's infused with carbon dioxide. It's dissolved into the liquid. Mm-hmm. When you introduce a nucleation event, it wants to transmit into a gas in the form of bubbles, but it needs a surface to attach to. So that's why it comes on the walls. You drop a Mentos into a can of Coke or a bottle of Coke, that surface area you're talking about, all those little cavities, there's estimated to be 3 million of those cavities on one Mentos, are giving. A, fact, a huge more factor of places for this carbon dioxide to diffuse to create these gas bubbles in, and it, that's what kicks it off. And then it just goes haywire. And it goes haywire. And Diet Coke works better because of aspartame. The interaction between aspartame and carbon dioxide, et cetera, just makes it slightly different. But you want to know, here's the cool part. You don't even need Mentos. What else can you use? You sand, yeah. You can just pour some sand into a diet coke, and it's going to do that. It's just going to go haywire. You you drop some sand in there; it's going to go. Pew. Note to self: People do not drink soda on the beach. <laughs> but you can do the same thing with other candies. Even you could drop like you could drop a peanut M M&M and M in there, and it, you'd get some reaction, but it doesn't have nearly the surface area that a Mentos does, so it doesn't get as big a reaction. But you still get the same reaction.
0: Yeah, Skittles.
1: Caity all of them all of them yeah. will react in some way because it's a physical thing. You could drop a marble in there and it would do something yeah, but mentos just happens to be the right size with the right amount of surface cavities that it goes haywire,
0: yeah, because if you took the surface of a mentos and actually smoothed it out, it's probably huge, yeah. In comparison to the original size of the Mentos.
1: Yeah, if you actually took the actual surface area, it's enormous. Comparatively. Comparatively. Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta account for three million micro-cavities inside of it.
0: Where's your uh, bottle of Coke? I'm not doing this.
1: (laughs) I, I might go do it with Isaiah. I don't know if he's actually done it before, but. And besides, I'm gonna do a Diet Coke.
0: Yeah, keep your eye on the Instagram
1: Got some, got some Mentos explosions.
0: Well, I mean, uh, there was a post.
1: Have you seen like the crazy YouTube videos of like people making like freaking like Rube Goldbergs out of like, they got them on swings swinging around. It's like it's bananas. Yep. Here's another fun fact. We can end on this one. When do you think that phenomenon became well known to the public? YouTube. Close. Not quite. 1999. 1999. Science teacher, David Letterman, on the Letterman Show did it. Because people used to make soda geysers using older, like winter, like you know the life preserver looking mints? Yep. We used to do the same thing, but then life they made them too big to fit down the neck of a soda bottle.
0: So he found an alternative.
1: They found some alternatives in Mentos, but it has nothing to do with the mint. And it worked fantastically. And it worked fantastically. And that, and then on YouTube in 2006, like, meow, exploded in popular. Yeah, now everybody knows about it. Now you get amusing, somewhat idiotic teenagers on TikTok trying to drink it as they do it. And it's hilarious. Yep. Because it's a gaseous reaction. It's going to go somewhere. And that somewhere is going to come flying out your nose at hyperspeed. <laughs> So yeah, that's the that's the and carbonation interaction. It's really just a matter of surface area and carbonation. Yep.
0: It has nothing to do with uh with the mint.
1: It has nothing to do with mint. Has nothing to do with Coke. It just happens to be Diet Coke works better because it uses aspartame. Yep. So other diet sodas that use aspartame probably have good effects too. But the advantage of Coke is that it's a brown. So the foam turns a brown color rather than like a white one, so you can kind of see it easier. Yeah, that's the famous one, Diet Men- Diet Coke and Mentos.
0: So there you go. That's Mentos for you.
1: Indeed. So. So in two weeks. Two weeks.
0: What are we doin'? We
1: blasting our faces off.
0: Apparently.
1: I mean, you look at this packaging. This lady. Her face is, like, exploding. Yep. She is, like, screaming. And so is he. They're both screaming. They're cartoon screaming, but they're still screaming.
0: Yeah. So, in two weeks, we are going to be trying a Japanese
1: candy. Called Nobel. The can. The company is Nobel. Superlemon. Superlemon. I kind of like their ad thing. It's like a newspaper. The Nobel's Times.
0: Yeah, it's a Nobel's Times. It looks like a newspaper print. Slash Nobel, comic book. new release.
1: What's super lemon candy? It's got like a comic book on the back. and Oh, juicy. Supposed to be super sour. That's all. Yeah, That's when all we, we had
0: Liss on and we were discussing her sour candy habits. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and her questionably high tolerance of sour.
0: Yeah, we found out she's kind of broken when it comes to sour candies. So I decided to do some research, and apparently Super Lemon is really high up on the list of sour cans.
1: What was the other one? The other one is like, people say it's like a competition between them. Um, toxic Waste. Toxic Waste, that's right.
0: It's a competitor to Warheads.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I like I like the Super Lemon packaging much better. It's yeah, more fun. So
0: we decided to go with the Super Lemon. Layton was talking about how he likes lemon-flavored stuff on the chew-off. Chew off episode. He was eating all the lemon stuff and liked it. So I figure we'll do these super lemons. They're sour. They're lemon. They're supposedly on the highest list of sour candies. So two weeks, we'll be giving that a go.
1: The Nobel super lemon.
0: Yep. So that's what we'll do. We'll start that's, diving into that.
1: Yeah. So we'll see you in two weeks. But in the meantime, as Lyndon said, check out the Instagram, Hard Crack Podcast. Might be some fun stuff there. I am far more active on Twitter now than I have been, I think, ever. Hey, you've been tweeting a lot, eh? I've been tweeting. It's all mostly esports stuff.
0: Hey, but whatever. that's okay.
1: Whatever. Hey, that's how I got my PS5. There you go. Following the Twitter. Layton Aho at Twitter. Linden Aho at Twitter. Email us.
0: Yeah, if you've got a suggestion or uh, a complaint or...
1: Should we read emails on here? Pull a a stuff you should know? If we get one. Like, should, like, in the future, like, we we did a request for, Pop Rocks was a request, right? Yep. So why don't, in the future, why don't we read the emails? Well, that email was Pop Rocks. That's literally
0: it? That was all the email said. Oh. Pop Rocks. Come on.
1: (laughs) Man. (laughs) I was hoping, like, man, you guys... We listened to you all the way to New Hampshire. It was great. You guys should do Pop Rocks. I loved that candy as a kid, and I've always wondered how they make them taste like that.
0: <laughs> nope. Nope. Just, Just Pop said Rocks. Rocks. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: If we get a an email that has more substance to it, we'll definitely read it on. it. I mean, we could also read Pop Rocks. Yeah. You want me to read the email? I mean. Here's the email. Sure. Pop Rocks. Cool. Let me see.
1: Hey, did we get another email, though?
0: We did. From our mom. She's got our backs. Got our backs. I can read that one. What's that one say? Uh, Should we ask permission before we read these? (laughs) No. (laughs) When you send somebody an email, you're basically giving it to them, right? I
1: don't know. For public dissemination? I don't know. Would you like me to read it? Sure, I don't think she'd mind.
0: Okay, this is from our mother. Washing dishes slash kitchen cleanup is not my favorite thing to do. Whose favorite thing is it? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) I mean, really. But it goes by so fast when I listen to an episode of Hard Crack. I'd like to hear an episode on make it in your kitchen candies. Yes,
1: love mom. I don't know how many emails we're going to get to end with love as their salutation, <laughs> but <laughs> so we need
0: to come up with a candy that is a make it in your kitchen. Do an we episode do a, on that. A, a, an right. episode on that. So we've got the rest of the year planned out. Well, we can always squeeze. We can always find a place. But we can always squeeze something in.
1: Could always do a bonus episode. Yeah.
0: Yep. True. That's all wrapped up. I think the wife just rolled in. Actually, we didn't actually even say what the email address is. Oh, uh, hardcrack at lyndonaho.com.
1: Nice. And you could be featured on our podcast. Yeah. If you send an email.
0: Suggestions. If you have a complaint, I'll read that too.
1: <laughs> I mean, we could just go out and read Instagram comments too sometimes. Yeah. Cool. Either way. Either way. We'll see you in two weeks. For super lemon. Thanks for stopping
0: by on the Hard Crack podcast. Been a good time. Until next time. Ta ta. Bye bye.